All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome in, Hoop Ballers, to another box score breakdown on Thursday evening. I am your host, David Bracey, alongside my co-host, Chris. How are you, man? Happy New Year. I'm doing well, David. Happy New Year to you, too, and to all of our listeners out there. As I believe this is the first chance I could get to talk to everybody since the New Year. Yeah, absolutely. We're back at it again, ready to get this new decade started out on a high note. Uh, had a pretty big card tonight for a Thursday. Had, what does it look like here? Nine, Nine games. games. We yeah. don't get that very often on Thursday, so let's no, get we to do it. Not. Yeah, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. All right, well, we can start off the first game here between the Hornets and the Cavaliers. Um Pretty competitive game tonight. 
Yeah, my computer's a little, I apologize. Pretty competitive game tonight here. Uh, Miles Bridges got the start, 22 minutes, six points on two of 10 from the field, two of two from the free throw line, five rebounds and assist. Uh, pretty pedestrian line for Miles Bridges tonight, given the opportunity. So we'll see if he can start to produce more consistently. But the guy who I think you really want to own on the wing here, PJ Washington, and he looked pretty great tonight, 35 minutes, 14 points on six of 14 from the field, had a three. Six rebounds, five assists, no defensive stats, and two turnovers. So he's really been given all the minutes and all the opportunity here. And in that brief absence of his injury, they've really ramped him up and gotten him right back to it. So I'm loving PJ. Bismack starting at center, 23, 23 points. I'm sorry, 23 minutes. I wish it was 23 points. Eight points, four of seven from the field, six rebounds, no defensive stats, and no turnovers. Devontae Graham, 41 minutes tonight, so really, really carrying the load. 16 points on three of eight from the field. Kind of struggled, but did chip in three three-pointers. Perfect 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line. One rebound, 11 assists, four turnovers, and a steal. And then Terry Rozier, the high-scoring man for the uh, for the Hornets tonight. 38 minutes to go with 30 points on 11-22 from the field. Chipped in six three-pointers. I mean, making it rain tonight. Two of three from the free throw line. Six rebounds, three assists a steal and two turnovers off the bench. The only guys really worth note. Um, I would say Dwayne Bacon got 28 minutes for only 15 points and five and nine from the field, four rebounds, two assists, a steal and no turnovers. And then Zeller, 19 minutes, 11 points on three or four from the field, seven rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats and three turnovers off the bench. Um, Dwayne Bacon is going to be given the opportunity. I told you uh, we kind of spoke last week about the minute share between him and Malik Monk and Charlotte really just looking for somebody to produce. So I think Dwayne Bacon's probably going to be the more consistent option. He's really only going to benefit your, your team in points. Um, he's going to chip in threes every once in a while, but uh, Cody Zeller is a guy who I think that really merits a whole lot of ownership. Um, clearly he's not even getting the start over beyond and We know beyond fantasy value. So take that for what you will. Uh, any thoughts about the, the Charlotte Hornets, Chris? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I think um, you brought it up. PJ, PJ is the guy to to watch there on the front court, on on the forwards front. Um, Bridges, I I don't know. I hope he can do better, but like the way I see it, this year just might not be the year. Like beginning of the year, I would I I think we're going in thinking Mouse Bridges is gonna pop off with his athletic athleticism and all that but just the shots are just not there so unfortunately i don't think this year would be good for him i've dropped them in a from a, dropped them from a couple of my teams uh for some hot pickups and he hasn't made me regret yet <laughs> yeah i don't blame you at all i really don't uh what do you see on the cleveland side of things so the Cleveland side of things, uh, Kevin Love did his thing. He had 18 points and went to go with eight rebounds in 31 minutes. Um, Chetty Osman had a very efficient shooting game, scoring 17 points on seven of eight shooting, had three three pointers, and just but very little elsewhere. One rebound, two assists, and one steal. Uh, leading all scores was uh, Colin Sexton with 21 points on 8 of 17 shooting, pretty efficient for his for his standards. And uh, 
had four three-pointers, but just like Osman, very little elsewhere. One rebound, two assists, one steal, and he had four turnovers. Two assists to that's a 0.5 assist to turnover ratio. That's horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a nice showing from uh, the their their other guard, uh, Darius Garland, um, 14 points. Five of t- five of twelve shooting, three three pointers. I'm happy, t- very happy to see the eight assists. But I I don't know if he can keep this up. His assist just comes and goes. But at least he does dish out some, comparing to Sexton. <laughs> um, other than that, coming off the bench, Larry Nance Jr. was very disappointing. Only at two points, two rebounds, two assists, but they have two steals. So um, I guess uh, that kind of floated his line a bit. John Hansen had 10 points, but no blocks, which is kind of what I wanted out of John Hansen. Kevin Porter Jr. had 24 points off the bench, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Nothing too exciting there. So, yeah, like I think I – think, um, Garland is slowly kind of turning around. Like, I mean, it's really hard for these rookies to come in and take the point guard spot because that's one of the hardest positions to take take on like, with all the playmaking and all that. So like, the shooting has been horrible, but I think it's slowly getting better and better. So I don't know. I don't know what your takes is on Garland. Do you think he might trend up even more in the second half? I think there's definitely a possibility for Garland's value to kind of spike on the second half just because Cleveland is going nowhere in a hurry, and I don't see why they wouldn't take the the opportunity to really push minutes for guys and try to develop all their young talent because at this point, I mean, what what else is it other than just a project? Um, because they they have no playoff potential whatsoever, which I don't think is <laughs> is an alarming thing to say about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and like I was saying, these point guards, they're rookie point guards, they start off slow. Like last year, like I, I'm pretty sure our listeners out there, you have leagues where Trey Youngs was dropped after his horrible showing in the first half, and he just completely turned it around, and now he's a top 30 player, right? So um, keep an eye on Garland. Not, not, not telling you to, like, having to go out there, rush out there to grab him, but keep an eye on him. Yeah, I agree. All right, on to the second game. Denver Nuggets taking on the Indiana Pacers. On the Nuggets side of the ball, Gary Harris was back in the lineup, got 36 minutes tonight for 12 points on 4-6 from the field, three rebounds, five assists, a steal, and four turnovers. High turnover volume tonight for Gary Harris, but pretty solid line. Um Interested to see if he can remain consistent and healthy in the lineup when he is both of those things. Uh, he's definitely a very, very valuable fantasy asset. So we'll just wait and see. Paul Millsap, 27 minutes, only six points and a two of seven from the field, seven rebounds, an assist, two steals, and a turnover. So pretty quiet line for Millsap tonight. Jokic, 24 minutes, 22 points, seven of 15 from the field, eight of eight from the free throw line, seven rebounds. 
no defensive stats, no assists, surprisingly, and two turnovers. So surprising you didn't get a lot of assists or any at all out of Jokic tonight, but pretty solid line, 22, 22 points in 24 minutes. Definitely isn't something you're going to complain about on 7-15 from the field. Will Barton looking really, really strong. I mean, the guy's been killing it, blasting out that ADP. 32 minutes, 16 points on 4-12 in the field. Chipped in a three with seven of eight from the free throw line, which is really strong. Ten rebounds, five assists, two steals, and only one turnover. And then Jamal Murray at the point guard, 37 minutes, 22 points on eight of 18 from the field. Gave you two threes tonight. Perfect four of four from the free throw line. Five rebounds, seven assists, a steal, and no turnovers. The big line of the night was Michael Porter Jr. off the bench. 22 minutes for 25 points and 11 and 12 from the field, which is just blistering. Gave you two threes. Five rebounds, an assist, no defensive stats, only one turnover. Porter Jr. is a guy who's had a couple pretty solid games as of late. Um, definitely somebody who I think merits ownership in a 12-team league, 12-team uh, setting, just because of the potential. Uh, we know this Nuggets team is very, very deep talent-wise, but we know that they value Porter Jr. And they, I mean, they have every incentive to play him and kind of get him developed uh, because he could be a very, very valuable asset to their team. They're kind of lacking another perimeter scorer with the inconsistency out of Gary Harris <clears throat> and Will Barton's volatility. So definitely Michael Porter Jr., a guy I think that you're going to want to keep your eyes on. Um, very, very talented player, young player, and could be big in the second half. Um, any thoughts on the Denver Nuggets? Um, yeah, you, you, no, I think you nailed it. Um, one oh, one thing I uh, just want to point out, like um, Paul Millsap and his, and his like, position partner, Jer- Jeremy Grant, I just wouldn't be touching those guys uh, in standard 12-team leagues. It's, I don't know who's playing, who's going to have a good game, which they And today, neither of them had a good game. So, yeah, just leave those guys alone. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. All right. Um, so on to the Indiana side. Um, leading the way in scoring is Jeremy Lamb. He had 30 points on 9 of 13 shooting. It was 5 of 5 from downtown and 7 of 7 on the free throw line. And also chipped in with 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. And um, TJ Warren, the others big scoring punch guy from Indiana also had 20 points on eight of 15 shooting with two three pointers, five rebounds, two assists and two steals. Um, Miles Turner had 21 points on seven of 13 shooting only one of five from downtown had five rebounds, one assist and one block kind of wanted to see more blocks, but at least the, the points were there, and he played 35 minutes, which is, uh, oh, I'm happy to see that despite the kind of foul trouble he was in. He had five fouls tonight. Um, on the Miles, just on Miles Turner, um, I think this is only his third time t- playing more than 30 minutes in the past 10 games. So I'm really hoping the minutes will trend up, but I uh, I I I don't know what Indiana is doing. The coach, what the coaching staff is doing there, it's they're trying to stagger Sabonis and Turner, and Turner just winds up getting less minutes or whatnot. I I really don't know. I hope they give them more minutes because 
if he gets the minutes, the production is going to be there. Now, um, his front court mate Sabonis had 18 points and nine rebounds, also had nine assists, two steals and a block. So very good showing from Sabonis. Um, high efficient, eight of 12 shooting. Um, Brockton was out, so Aaron Holiday got the start. I think he was in a bit of a foul trouble, so his scoring was down only six points tonight, but he did dish out 10 assists, so that was good to see. Aaron Holiday is definitely a hold while Brockton is out, and I believe he will even have value when Brockton comes back. Now, with him in foul trouble, McConnell played actually more minutes than Holiday, had eight points, five rebounds, and seven assists. And chipped in one steal. His brother Justin Holiday there has six points on two of six shooting, all of them from downtown. Two rebounds, one steal, and a block. And yeah, I think that's all the interesting ones from Indiana. Yeah. Any takes from you? No, I uh, I agree with you. Um, I am glad to see Miles Turner producing somewhat consistently, but. You know, you do definitely wish that you were getting a little bit higher block volume out of him. But um, like you say, you know, you're not going to complain. It was a pretty strong showing from him tonight. Uh, so, yeah. And then definitely a big fan of Jeremy Lamb. I think uh, even when Brogdon comes back, he's going to be able to maintain a lot of his value. So pretty strong showing from him tonight. Oh, yeah. All right. Heading into the third game. Toronto. Raptors taking on the Miami Heat tonight. 76-84, to the final score in favor of the Heat. On the Raptors' side of the ball, OG Ananobi got 36 minutes for 12 points on 5-12 from the field. Had 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, no blocks, and 2 turnovers. So a strong double-double tonight from OG. Uh, Definitely a fan. He's going to get all the minutes and opportunity given the fact that we've got Siakam out of the lineup. Gasol out of the lineup, Norman Powell out of the lineup. I mean, the Raptors are really hurt right now, so they need all the OG they can handle. Patrick McCall starting at our power forward tonight, 27 minutes, only three points on one of eight from the field, one rebound, one assist, no defensive stats. Um, as I said, I thought he was going to come back to reality. Not a whole lot of value here for McCall, and we're seeing it. Um, when Norman Powell comes back, I'm, I'm assuming pretty much all of that value is just going to completely fall off of the cliff. So McCall is somebody who you can safely drop if you were holding on to him. And then Serge Ibaka starting at center, 34 minutes for 19 points on 9 of 21 from the field. So really getting that shot up tonight. 10 rebounds, two blocks, two turnovers, no assists and no steals. Strong line from Ibaka. Continued and play well in the front court for the Raptors. Kyle Lowry starting at the off guard, 40 minutes, 15 points on four, 16 from the field, chipped in two three-pointers, five, six from the free throw line, four rebounds, eight assists, a block, and only one turnover. Really strong line from Lowry tonight. And then FVV starting at the point guard, 38 minutes, seven points on three, 16 from the field, gave you a three, chipped in four rebounds, six assists, a steal, no blocks, and only one turnover. Only other guy of note, RHJ, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, got 29 minutes off the bench tonight for 13 points on 4 of 8 from the field. Chipped in seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, and two turnovers. 
So it looks like he has firmly solidified himself as the guy in front of Boucher, and all Boucher's value is definitely kind of safe to say evaporating. Um, I think completely evaporated already. Boucher did get 13 minutes tonight, but he only gave you two points on one attempt from the field, a steal and two blocks. Um, so given the minutes, definitely not going to complain about two, two blocks and one steal, but I don't think it's a guy who you really need to be holding on and rostering uh, too heavily. Uh, any thoughts about the uh, the injured Raptors tonight? I agree with you. Um, Boucher did Boucher did have um, eight rebounds, so not too bad a showing, but he's just not the guy you want there. Um, with Ibaka taking most of that center minutes, and um, yeah, like looking at the score, I think you can figure it out. It's just a bad shooting night on, from both sides. I think Laurie and Van Vliet combined for three of 23 from downtown. That's, that tells you the story. Yeah, absolutely. It's a rock fight tonight. Yeah. Um, so on the Miami side, um, the leading the way is Bam Adebayo. Uh, very efficient 7 of 8 shooting for 15 points to go with 14 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. All, all of that damage in 35 minutes. Jimmy Butler then had a bad shooting night, to only 2 of 10, but he chipped in elsewhere with 12 rebounds and 7 assists and 2 steals. The rest of the the rest of the rest starting squad, Myers My Lanner, Kendrick Nunn, Robinson didn't have their shots tonight. Like Lanner had 8 points on 3 of 7 shooting. Kendrick Nunn was horrible from the field, 3 of 14 for only 7 points. He did chip in with 9 assists, so that's I guess that's good. Duncan Robinson only played 18 minutes and had 6 points, both of them sinking both of his shots from downtown, 2 of 3 from downtown, actually, with 4 rebounds and an, and an assist. So it was the coming off the bench, Tyler Hero, had 13 points on five of, five of ten shooting, with three three pointers, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Derek Jones Jr. also chipped in with 10 on four four of 13 shooting, two three pointers, six rebounds, two steals, and a block. And Koran Dragic also had 13 points, three three pointers, two rebounds, one assist, and a block. That's pretty much it from Miami. Like they probably wouldn't have won this game if um, the bench didn't provide those scoring. So yeah, that that that's pretty much the tale of the game. Any interesting takes on the Miami side for me? No, I think you pretty much covered it. And like you said, I mean both teams kind of struggled from the field tonight. Um, I believe the Heat held the Raptors to was like 32% from 30, the field. So, yeah. yeah, just, I mean, abysmal, 15% from the three-point line. I mean, just really, really, like I said, a rock fight. So take the line tonight for what you will. Um, you know where the value lies on both of those teams and what their current situations are. Uh, so, yeah, heading into the next game, Utah Jazz were in, at the uh, United Center tonight taking on the Bulls. Got the win 102-98. to on the Jazz side of the ball, of course, they were still without Mike Connolly, but they ended up pulling out the win. 
Bohan Bogdanovich had 33 minutes tonight for 19 points and 5 of 13 from the field. No three-pointers, but a perfect 9 and 9 from the free throw line. Gave you six rebounds and assists, a steal, and five turnovers. So you could have done without the turnovers tonight, but a pretty good line from Bogdanovich. Royce O'Neal, 28 minutes for five points on two of four from the field. Gave you a three, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two turnovers. Uh, O'Neal is a guy who can kind of pitch in moderately across the board um, when given the opportunity. Rudy Gobert. 35 minutes, 17 points on 8 of 11 from the field. Really strong from Gobert tonight. 12 rebounds, 3 blocks, and only 2 turnovers. 1 and 2 from the free throw line isn't totally terrible. You'll definitely take that uh, strong, strong double-double uh, tonight from Rudy. Jingle and Joe continuing to get the minutes and producing with Mike Connolly being out of the lineup. 34 minutes, 8 points and 3 and 9 from the field. Chipped in 2 three-pointers, 5 rebounds, 10 assists. A block and no turnovers. And then the Don, Spider Mitchell, 37 minutes, 17 points on 6 to 14 from the field. Gave you two threes, a perfect three to three from the free throw line, four rebounds, seven assists, no defensive stats, and five turnovers. So definitely playing with some pace tonight in the United Center. The game kind of got sloppy at the end there. But as I said, the Jazz were able to come out with the win. Two guys of note off the bench tonight. Jordan Clarkson, obviously the newest addition to the Jazz. Um, really, they brought him in to deliver that scoring. Uh, and, and he scored pretty well tonight. I mean, 12 points on three of eight from the field isn't terrible. Gave you three three-pointers tonight, three rebounds. And then, of course, no defensive stats. But that's not really what we expect out of Clarkson. And then George Yang off the bench. Played really well tonight. Had a couple big shots down the stretch there to kind of help seal the deal for the Jazz. 17 minutes, 11 points on 4-7 from the field. Three three-pointers, one rebound, one steal, and no turnovers. Uh, outside of that, not a whole lot to discuss on the Jazz. As I said, Mike Conley's out of lineup. Hopefully he will be back soon. But upon his return, we still don't really know what player we're going to be getting. So... That is a definite wait and see. I know he's been dropped in several leagues, and I'm in. Um, personally, I think that he's a firm hold just because you, if you if he's still on your roster, you've kept him for this long, so you might as well. Um, and if he has been dropped, he's definitely a guy who I would have some interest in picking up if I have uh, some filler that I can kind of drop off on my roster. Any thoughts from you on the Jazz or Mike Connolly? No, I think he got it covered, and um... – I think Jazz is one of the the more predictable teams. We know where the numbers will be coming from, and they're pretty steady. So yeah. Um, now on to the Chicago side. So Chicago for Chicago tonight is a Zach Levine show. He took a whopping 26 shots, making only nine of them. Uh, for 26 points, four rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block with uh, three three-pointers. And also doing the scoring is uh, Laurie Markkinen, who had 18 points on 6 of 16 shooting with four three-pointers, had eight rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Wendell Carter Jr. had a good game, had, uh, had a double-double, 18 points on efficient 7 of 12 shooting, had 13 rebounds with four assists, but no defensive stats. So I wish we could get a little more there. Uh, the three-headed point guard in, from Chicago was mad tonight. Um, 
Sarovansky had eight points on three of seven shooting, had four assists and two steals. Chris Dunn only had five points, but contributed across the board, had eight rebounds with four assists and a block. And Kobe White, he's a score, but the shot wasn't there tonight. He has six points off the bench on three of 11 shooting, no threes, chipped in with four rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Other, other notables from the bench, there are none. Maybe Fat Young and Gaffer, who got 15 and 12 minutes, respectively, and chipped in with five points apiece. That's it. That's it on the Chicago side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with your point as well on the uh, the point guard situation in Chicago kind of being a calamity at this point. I definitely think of the three Sato's probably the guy that you are more comfortable owning, um, even though Dunn definitely does merit some ownership given his ability to produce and contribute kind of across the board, even if it is inconsistently uh, and more so specifically from a defensive perspective. So, yeah, I, I agree with your points on that. All right, rolling into the next game here. The Warriors lost, unsurprisingly, to the Timberwolves. Kind of surprisingly, 84 to 99 on the Warriors side of the ball. Of course, they were without Steph Curry, without Klay Thompson, and without D'Angelo Russell tonight. Glenn Robinson, 31 minutes for 16 points on 7 of 14 from the field. Gave you a three, six rebounds and assists, no defensive stats, and only one turnover. Draymond Green, 22 minutes tonight, two points on one of four from the field. Gave you three rebounds, six assists, a steal, and only one turnover. Marquise Chris, 22 minutes, six points on three of six from the field, seven rebounds, five assists, a block, and no turnovers. Damian Lee, 27 minutes tonight, 10 points on four of 11 from the field, no three-pointers, but gave you three rebounds, two assists, two steals and four turnovers, and then Alec Burks at point guard, 22 minutes, seven points on three or five from the field, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, and four turnovers. So tonight, I mean, the Warriors were really struggling to put the ball in the hole. Off the bench, Pascal had 13 points on 6-14 from the field with seven rebounds and two turnovers. Omari Spellman got 21 minutes for 10 points and five rebounds on three or four from the field. But the highest scorer in this game for the Warriors was Glenn Robinson with 16 points. So, as like I said, really, really struggling to get the ball in the hole tonight for the Warriors. Without D'Angelo Russell, didn't have a whole lot of scoring punch. And the minute totals were pretty low for everybody. The only guy to get over 30 minutes was, as I said, Glenn Robinson. So, take these lines for what you will. We know that the Warriors right now are kind of uh, fantasy roulette, if you will. Um, Damian Lee is a guy who I definitely think merits ownership. If he's still somehow available in your league, go ahead and pick him up. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot of value here for these fringy kind of guys. Um, do you, do you really see anything of note on the warrior side of the ball, Chris? No, I was just, I was going to mention Damian Lee, although this is a, not the best game, but he should get his um, looks like they they will they are willing to give him the playing time, so should should have better games than this. But of course, don't don't be expecting some of those monster games he 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 was putting up last week. 
And yeah, like you said, <laughs> it's just a crapshoot with Golden State with rotation. Yeah, now that I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. So um, onto the Minnesota side, Cat, Wiggins, and Teague were all out, but they did. They were going up against Golden State, so they pulled out the win. Uh, leading the way is Robert Covington and Shabazz Napiers with 20 points apiece. Covington had a very good game, 8 of 15 shooting with four three-pointers, and also chipped in with 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two blocks. And Shabazz Napier had a very efficient shooting night, 7 of 9 from uh, from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown, had three, three rebounds and seven assists and also chipped in with two steals and a block. Now, uh, filling in was uh, Gorgie Jan for filling in for Cat. Had a relatively quiet game, but he's been playing well, so if, if he's out there, go grab him, stream him while Cat is sitting. And honestly, I don't know how, long, how much longer Cat's going to be out. But there's news that he's not happy with Minnesota, so who knows? Um, keep riding Jen until the wheels fall off, I guess. So he only has six points tonight on three of six shooting to go with five rebounds, but he did have a block. And filling in at the forward spot was, uh, I believe, Kellen Martin. Hope I didn't butcher his name there. Yeah. 12 points on 4 12 shooting with 8 rebounds and, a, and an assist. And at the other starting guard spot was uh, Jared Cover, who had a horrible shooting game, 4-14 from the field, 1 of 8 from downtown, to give you 10 points, 5 rebounds, and, a, and 1 assist and 1 steal. Let's take a look at coming off the bench. We have... Josh Okogi chipping in with seven points, five rebounds, and three assists, one steal, and one block. He's one of those guys that will give you contributions across the board, but the minutes so far is quite up and down. If you're in a deeper league, I believe he needs he should be owned. Like in a 14-team, 16-team league, he should be owned. Like the production will be there, but although kind of marginal production, but you should get some production every night. And um, Kata Bates' job had nine points with four rebounds and a block, and Nas Reed had 13 points on five of 11 shooting with three three-pointers, six rebounds, and assists and a block. That's pretty much it from the Minnesota side. Any Anything you see, anything interesting that you see here? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Uh, I like your point about riding the wheel, riding uh, riding the wagon to the wheels fall off with Yang. Because um, yeah, like you said, it remains to be seen what's going on with Towns. We know that he has been doing some some on court work and kind of been ramping up his activities leading up to what we hope is going to be an inevitable return. But there is some speculation. And we do kind of wonder what's going on in Minnesota. So definitely a situation to monitor. And I think um, 
Porter Jang is definitely a guy who, who definitely merits ownership for the, for the short, short term and what could end up being a long term. So I guess we'll just wait and see. All right. Before we head into our next game here, I want to take a quick break just to let all of our listeners know about my bookie. The holidays have come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens get it done? Will Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? Let's hope not. I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you need to go. Football not your thing? Not a problem. MyBookie's got you covered. From the NBA to the NFL to the Premier League, they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team, the triple threat. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week, parlay wagers, let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, guess who? You. You win big. That's who. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around, and you can bet on it. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000, a grand. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. And that's the best kind of money, free money. All you have to do is use our promo code, Box score to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code box score to get your extra cash from my bookie. My bookie. Bet win get paid. All right, heading into the second half of our big Thursday slate tonight. We saw the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Dallas Mavericks. And what looked to be a committee approach from the Nets tonight as they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double figures. So let's start with starting five. Rodion's Kourouk got 17 minutes, eight points on three of 10 from the field, three rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Torian Prince, 27 minutes, 11 points on four of 13 from the field, three three pointers, six rebounds, two assists, a steal, and three turnovers. DeAndre Jordan started the center, 22 minutes, 10 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, no turnovers, and no defensive stats. Joe Harris, 11 points on 5 of 17 from the field, gave you three, four rebounds, five assists, no defensive stats, and no turnovers. Spencer Dinwiddie, 23 minutes, 19 points on 7 of 14 from the field, so actually a pretty Pretty manageable field goal percentage tonight from Dinwiddie, considering he's really been getting his shots up as of late. Gave you a three, five rebounds, two rebounds, I'm sorry, two rebounds, five assists, four turnovers and a steal. Off the bench, Wilson Chandler got 24 minutes for 11 points and three rebounds. Design Musa, I'm, apologies for that for that pronunciation if I'm butchering it. 17 minutes, 14 points on 6 of 7 from the field, 3 assists. And then Theo Pence in 24 minutes, 11 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 
four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. As we know, the Brooklyn Nets are without Kyrie, without KD, and as most recently without Karis LeVert. The big news tonight coming out of Brooklyn was Karis LeVert is supposed to be making his return, I believe on Saturday. As soon as LeVert started inserted back into the starting lineup, I think he's absolutely going to go crazy. Uh, for some reason, he's still available, floating around on a waiver wire, which dropped. Please correct that problem for your league. I think that he's have he's going to have all the opportunity here. Um, we've seen what Dinwiddie's been doing because of the lack of scoring and playmaking around him. We can only expect that as soon as LeVert is inserted back into that starting lineup, his value is absolutely going to spike out of this world. So definitely excited for LeVert to be back. Definitely excited for the Nets to have a more whole team um, hopefully Kyrie can get back healthy and back into the lineup here before before the end of the month let's say um, but we know the situation with Kyrie given his injury history and that's definitely a situation that you're just gonna have to you're gonna have to prey on uh, anything that you see of note uh, on the Brooklyn side of the ball uh, one thing to point out is uh, DeAndre Jordan got the start tonight, but I believe Jerry Allen played down the stretch, so I'm pretty sure that, uh, they were just trying to shake things up a bit, mm-hmm. but Jerry Allen would still be the center to own there. And thank you for the good news that Karis Liver is coming back. I have one question, though. Who do you think he will hurt? Is it Joe Harris, who's been struggling? Or is it more, say, the Kuroks type of guys? Yeah, I think it's more likely it's going to be the Kuroks's, um, the Wilson Chandlers, guys like that who were fringy at best as far as their minutes share. Um, I think all that's pretty much just going to evaporate because Joe Harris just provides them with some really valuable floor spacing. So I don't see them... His role or reducing his minutes because I mean, outside of him, I, I really don't know who's going to be producing for them on a consistent basis from the three point line. We know it's not Spencer Dinwiddie, so definitely a, a good point, an interesting situation to monitor. So we'll definitely see what happens. Yeah, and like you said, if there's something Liverpool can do, he can score. So expect some big numbers as soon as he shake off those those rust. So on to the Dallas side. Dallas then um, this game was pretty close until the fourth quarter when Dallas really turned it on and uh, outscored Brooklyn 32-18. And um, obviously leading the way is Luka Doncic, who had 31 points on 9 of 18 shooting, had, was 5 of 8 from downtown, also had 13 rebounds and 7 assists. And also chipped in with a block. So another monster line from Doncic tonight. It's it's, it's becoming a standard for from Doncic. And um, the rest of the uh, KP was out tonight, so um, the rest of the starting lineup is actually fairly quiet. From the center position, we had Dwight Powell. Who had only four points on two of eight shooting, 
and only one rebound and, a, and an assist. He did chip in with a steal and two blocks. I think he was in some foul trouble. Um, so that's probably why the quiet line. But he's he's not a high usage guy, so you you, you get what you get from him. Um, Justin Jackson got the start with uh, KP sitting out, but only had eight points and chipped in with one three-pointers, two rebounds, and a block. Dorian Finnis-Smith was doing his job on boards, had eight points, nine rebounds, two steals, and a block. J.J. Barrett got the start, but only had 10 points, four rebounds, and six assists. Now, big scoring punch off the bench tonight was Seth Curry, who scored... 25 points on 9 of 13 shooting and was 5 of 5 from downtown. Also chipped in with 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and a steal. Although Justin Jackson got the start, I think it was Maxi Kleber that benefited from the fact Prozingis is out. He had 18 points on 6 of 7 shooting, had 3 three-pointers, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and also chipped in with 3 blocks. Maxi Kleber, I believe, is the guy to own here while KP is out. He's one of those guys that gives you that unicorn-ish stat set with the three-pointers and the blocks. So if you need those stats and Kleber is sitting on the wire and you have some fringy players on the back of your bench, go grab him. And um, other... Other guys off the bench, um, everybody's favorite player, Boban. Boban had 10 points and 7 rebounds on ju- in just 12 minutes. So, yeah, you got to love that. <laughs> That's it. That's it from the <laughs> Dallas side. Yeah, I definitely wonder what's going on with KP. I know that after he uh, missed the game kind of unexpectedly, they weren't given a firm timetable on him, a really timetable at all. Um, and they're saying that it's it's looking like he's a game-time decision, I believe, for their upcoming game. So those two things don't exactly align. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on with uh, with KP. Definitely a situation to monitor. Uh, in your personal opinion, who would you rather own between Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba? Um, for streaming, I would go with Kleba. But uh, Powell will continue to produce even when KP is back. So, but for just the next little while while KP is out, string, definitely string Kleber. Yeah. Yeah, I what agree. What do you think? I, I agree completely. I think Dwight Powell, rest of the season, is going to be more valuable, consistently valuable player, I should say. Um, but Maxi Kleber in the short term definitely has the highest spike in usage and value. So definitely the guy that you're going to want to pick up and ride while you can. All right. Going into the next game, the OKC Thunder got the win against the San Antonio Spurs, 109-103. Terrence Ferguson started a small forward tonight. 28 minutes, didn't do a whole lot. Two points, one rebound, two steals, no assists. Danilo Gallinari. 29 minutes, 13 points on 5 of 15 from the field. Gave you three three three-pointers. No free throw attempts tonight. Five rebounds, two assists. No defensive stats, one turnover. 
Steven Adams, the man in the middle, 29 minutes for 14 points on 5 of 8 from the field. 6 in the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a block, and a turnover. SGA, the hot hand of the night, 36 minutes, 25 points on 10 of 18 from the field. Gave you two threes, three or four from the free throw line, seven rebounds, five assists, a steal, two blocks, and one turnover. SGA has been really hot lately and been in fuego. Um, definitely loving it. I definitely, uh, I think that he was a he was a buy low option a couple weeks ago, and I think that it's definitely kind of on the flip side now, and you could possibly sell high on him. Uh, I think that he's going to have all the minutes and opportunity to continue to score in bunches. I just wonder if the rest of the production is going to kind of normalize, um, especially uh, <clears throat> the rebound rate, um, the assist totals. We know that he's a very versatile guard, but uh, as you can tell from the from the stat lines lately, he's he's really been scoring well. I've um, really been jumping out of the box score. So definitely see what you can get out of there. Um, if you have a, an incredulous owner in your league who's a really, really big fan of SGA, uh, maybe a Kentucky fan, float an offer, see if you can get a, a solid top 50, top 40 guy. But I'm an SGA owner, and I'm perfectly fine holding on him. This is the swing that I was waiting for because uh, we know how talented he is. So definitely love to see that tonight. And then Chris Paul starting at point guard, 32 minutes, 16 points on 8 of 14 from the field, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover, and 2 steals. Off the bench, really the only guy worth discussing. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 32 minutes, 19 points and 6 of 14 from the field. Gave you three three-pointers, a rebound, three assists, a steal and no turnovers. Um, and then I guess the other guy we're talking about as well, Nerlens Noel, definitely got a lower minute total tonight, only 18 minutes, but did what he could. And I'm 16, or I'm sorry, six points in 18 minutes on two of four from the field, six rebounds, an assist, and two blocks. So we know when Noel gets the minutes, he's going to get you the blocks. Um, and even when he doesn't really get the minutes, he's still going to be able to contribute from a defensive perspective. So it remains to be seen how the situation will shake out with Steven Adams in the middle. But Noel is definitely a guy who I think has some fringy value. Uh, any other thoughts about the OKC Thunder? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Noel's even with the low low minutes, he's um, floating around top top hundred, top ninety value. So yeah, as um, but he's exclusively playing backup center. So as long as Stephen Adams is there, he's not in any kind of foul trouble. Expect Noel to be in the high teens and low twenties in minutes. So this is what the value he's gonna give you. I'm very happy, very excited to see SGA back from that funk he was going through. Um, and he brought his defense back with him. So that's what's floating his value right now. Over the past two weeks, I believe he's like a top 10 player with the scoring off the hook and chipping in all across the board, including the defensive stats. So, yeah, if... um, um, I, I think I agree. If um, if you can get good value, this will be a good time to sell high. But I also do like him very much, so I think I'll just hold on to him and see where where this takes me. So on to the San Antonio side. Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan did their thing, while the rest of the Spurs was just mediocre. So let's start with DeRozan, who led all Spurs in scoring with 30 points on 13 of 25 shooting, 
with one three-pointers, four rebounds, three assists, no defensive stats. Lamarcus Aldridge had 22 points, double-double with 11 rebounds, and also chipped in with three blocks. The rest of the starting lineup, DeJounte Murray had nine points on four of eight shooting, had one three-pointer, two rebounds, four assists, no defensive stats. Bring Forbes had one three-pointers, and that, that's all he did. He had three points, four rebounds, and two assists. And Trey Lyles played only 10 minutes at the center position, scoring three points on a single three-pointer, just like Bryn Forbes. Coming off the bench, Lonnie Walker provided some scoring punch, has 16 points on 6 of 10 shooting with two three-pointers, seven rebounds, and an assist. And Rudy Gay had nine points on three of six shooting with two three-pointers, chipping in across the board with three rebounds, three assists, and one block. The rest of the team is, like I said, just mediocre. The, the entire San Antonio team only had three players that scored in double digits, which was DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge and Lonnie Walker. Um, definitely a disappointing season for the Spurs. So um, I don't know what else to say. I, I wish Murray had a bigger line. He's been playing okay, and I think um, they're they're set on starting him. So hold tight. Um, he will give you roster role, twelve team roster role production. What are your takes on the Spurs? I agree with you. The Spurs are the Spurs are the Spurs this season. Um, they are kind of in a, in a state of calamity. Um, point guard situation is interesting between Murray and White. I agree with you. I'm more of a fan of Murray personally. Um, remains to be seen what's going to happen with DeMar DeRozan before the trade deadline. Marcus Aldridge, surprisingly, has been the most consistent part of the Spurs and has been a really, really valuable fantasy asset this season. So very, very interesting season out of San Antonio. Lots of lines and situations to monitor. Um, yeah, so interesting. All right, heading into the second-to-last game here. We saw the Memphis Grizzlies lose to the Kings, 123-128. to 128. On the Memphis side of the ball, Jay Crowder got 30 minutes for 19 points and 7 of 15 from the field. Four rebounds, six assists, no defensive stats, and no turnovers. Our guy Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., 31 minutes, 18 points and 7 of 14 from the field. Had three three-pointers tonight, seven rebounds, two assists, no blocks, a steal, and three turnovers. Jonas Valanciunas, 29 minutes. 18 points on 7 to 12 from the field. Also chipped in two three-pointers. Perfect two, two from the free throw line. 12 rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats, and two turnovers. So really strong line from JV tonight. Dylan Brooks starting a shooting guard. 27 minutes for 15 points on 6 to 16 from the field. Three three-pointers, three assists, a steal, and a turnover. And John ja Morant, 32 minutes, 23 points on 8 to 13 from the field. Two three-pointers. Seven assists, a rebound, and a whopping seven turnovers. 
High turnover volume tonight for Morant. He's a rookie point guard, so it kind of comes to the territory. Other than that, pretty strong showing from him tonight. Off the bench, Anthony Melton, 21 minutes, 16 points on 5 of 7 from the field, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 turnovers, and a steal. Uh, we know Melton can go really, really crazy with the defensive stats. Looks like he has kind of uh, supplanted Tyus Jones in that backup point guard role. So if Morant is a guy who continues to kind of be sporadically out of the lineup, Melton could be a guy who you want to kind of keep an eye on because um, he definitely merits some ownership. And the only other guy worth discussing, I would say, would be Brandon Clark, who got 19 minutes tonight. Only eight points on three or five from the field. Chipped in six rebounds and assists, a turnover, and a steal. Um, outside of that, are you really seeing anything of note coming out of Memphis? I think I lost Chris here. Sorry, muted. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he pretty much uh, he, he got it. And like you pointed out, the only thing of note here is the um, the backup point guard situation, which um, I think we also had Memphis last week. And, um, yeah, it definitely looks like Melton has leaped ahead of Tyus Jones. Um very happy to see his line tonight as I was streaming him today. and love this production coming out of him. Now, that's all in all a very good game from the Memphis side, but they did lose the game to the Sacramento Kings, who had a wonderful game with a contribution right across the board. So, going... Let's see. We have 17 points from Harrison Barnes, who played 30, almost 36 minutes. A very efficient 6 of 10 shooting. Chipped in with two three-pointers, a rebound, three assists, and one block. The other forward, Nemanja Bielica, only had eight points on three of six shooting. With five rebounds, two assists, and had two blocks, surprisingly. Rashawn Holmes, the man in the middle was just all over the place with his defense. 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting, has 7 rebounds and 2 blocks. He, he, he was in foul trouble late, but had a, was able to bother Moran on a very critical possession down the, down the stretch. So he's definitely helping the Kings out with his defense. The the cards was doing most of the scoring tonight. De'Aaron Fox had 27 points on 9 of 18 shooting. Had only one three-pointer, but he did have four rebounds, nine assists, five steals, and two blocks. That's seven defensive stats for you right there. The owners must be laughing. And Buddy Hill was shooting the ball well today. Had 26 points, five three-pointers. And also chipped in with seven rebounds, three assists, and a block. Coming off the bench, Bogdan Bogdanovich had a very good shooting game as well. 16 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from downtown. Had two rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats. Anyone else from the Sacramento bench? Not really. Um... Trevor Ariza got a lot of run tonight, had 25 minutes, but didn't do much with it. Five points, eight rebounds, had a steal. 
So that's pretty much it from the Sacramento side. This was a high-scoring game. Um, the defense, I don't know if they were just shooting well or the defense wasn't that good. The, both teams shot close to 50%. So, yeah, lots of big lines. Anything you see from the Sacramento side? No, I think you. I think we covered it. Any news on the um, any news on Bagley's situation? Yeah, so he did go to see a specialist. Um, again, they have not given any kind of timetable on a return for Bagley, so that's definitely concerning. I think after the first injury, um, you know, there was a low opportunity that you could kind of easily see yourself buying in on because of how talented he was. But now, given this second injury, given the fact that it's a foot injury with a bigger player, um, these are kind of things that tend to linger. In fact, he's seeing a specialist this soon. All these are just things that I personally am not big fans of as far as ownership shares of Marvin Bagley, so... Again, a situation to kind of wait and see, but hopefully we get some kind of positive news coming out of here in the next week or so. Okay. Oh, um, kind of outside of the box score, just uh, on the injury news front, um, Jonathan Isaac's MRI came out, so um, looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. So for those Isaac owners out there, feel for you man yeah and that is a that is a rough development i know people were kind of hoping for the best since it appeared to be a contact based injury so we kind of hope that maybe it wouldn't be anything too bad but i think that they set his timetable at somewhere between eight and ten weeks so you can hold on to him until march more power to you if you can't and you don't have an ir spot in your league uh, um, I think this is a situation where you really have no choice but to cut bait because, I mean, that's 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 going to make it really, really difficult for you. And unfortunately, that's the kind of guy, given the season he was having that, you're not really going to be able to replace that kind of production. I mean, he, he was playing on another planet this season. So you really hate to see that. You hope that he can get back sooner rather than later and we'll get back to form as well. All right, heading into the last game here. The Pistons, unsurprisingly, lost to the Clippers. The Clippers had Paul George. Paul George left the game early and did not return. Um, On the Detroit side of the ball, however, they were, of course, without Blake Griffin. Tony Snell got 24 minutes tonight, 14 points on 6 of 10 from the field, gave you two three-pointers, a rebound, and an assist. Siko Diumbuya, again, apologies if I'm butchering these names. 27 minutes, 10 points on 4 of 11 from the field, 11 rebounds, and a steal. Um, so it's all double-double tonight. Andre Drummond, 26 minutes, 10 points on 3 of 10 from the field, 12 rebounds, 3 steals, a block, and 4 turnovers. We know Drummond doesn't need a whole lot of minutes and opportunity to get a good double-double in there. Um, you love the steal rate. The Mikhailu, 28 minutes, 14 points on 4 of 11 from the field. Gave you two three-pointers, two rebounds, two assists, and a turnover. Tim Frazier starting at point guard, 11 minutes, but absolutely no points. Complete goose egg, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and three turnovers. Off the bench, three guys of note. 
Gross, 26 minutes, 14 points on 5 of 15 from the field, two rebounds, six assists, and a turnover. Christian Wood, 24 minutes, 14 points on 4 of 7 from the field, six rebounds, one assist, and a turnover. And then Bruce Brown, 15 points, 6 of 12 from the field, two rebounds, six assists, and a steal. Um, Derek Rose, we know he's more of a scorer than anything else, um, but he's definitely been, I would say, a pretty fun guy to own this year, uh, given that Detroit, I mean, they really don't have, their point guard situation's been a revolving door, um, which brings me to this guy, Bruce Brown, who has really been playing well. Um, pretty uh, pretty undervalued, I would say. Definitely merits more ownership than he currently has um, and has been con- contributing pretty consistently, especially from a defensive perspective. Um, the steals category kind of kind of helps you across the board there. And, of course, Christian Wood, given the Blake Griffin injury situation, is a guy to definitely keep an eye on and monitor. Um, notes came out after the game tonight that they are – at the state, they are not, uh, according to the coach, at the situation where they feel that the Blake Griffin shutdown is something that merits discussion. But coaches will say anything, and we know the situation with Blake Griffin um, definitely a high risk for a shutdown. So Christian would have got to definitely keep an eye on. Um, feel free to go ahead and add him as well. Uh, I think that he's going to be valuable. Any other thoughts from the Pistons side of the bowl? Um. Yeah, I think Bruce Brown is an interesting, interesting ad there. He's uh, really been trending up lately, playing well. So um, if you need a if you need a guard, definitely give him a look. And um, yeah, like the minutes tonight because of the it was a blowout game, so uh, minutes is pretty high for the bench players. So we'll see how it goes. Um, on to the Clippers side. So um, starters didn't play much. Paul George wasn't needed. Like you said, he exited early. He only played 15 points. But even with that, still did his damage with 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting, two three-pointers, three rebounds, and three assists. Um, he's... Uh, Running mate Kawhi Leonard had 18 points on 8 of 16 shooting, 1 three-pointers, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Just contribution right across the board. Mo Harkless, as, uh, the power forward, had 12 points on 6 of 7 shooting, very efficient. Had, also had 9 points, uh, 9 rebounds, sorry, 2 assists, 1 steals, and 2 blocks. Ivica Zubac at, at center had eight points, five rebounds, and four blocks in just 18 minutes. And Landry Shamit had eight points on three of eight shooting with two three-pointers, four rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Now, most of the scoring actually came from the bench with the Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell combo. Lou played 30 minutes, had 22 points on 7 of 16 shooting, had three three-pointers, was 5 of 5 on the line. Also chipped in with 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Harrow's had 23 points on 9 of 17 shooting, had 4 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Jamichael Green also had a very good game. He double-doubled. He was the only 
player that double doubled up for the Clippers had 12 points and 11 rebounds and also had three assists. And that's I think that's all the notable players from the LA Clippers side. Um, is there has there been any update on what Paul George's situation is? You know, as far as I know, there has not. Uh, um, I'm really wondering what the situation was since he left the game so quickly. I mean, I know that they do. Uh, they did end up kind of end up blowing him out, but I think that it was hamstring related. Uh, so hopefully everything is okay as far as Paul George is concerned. Um, but I'm assuming that since they knew that they were just going to end up, you know, just stomping on Detroit, they probably just went ahead and gave him the night off. Uh, so I guess just keep your eye out for any notes. Um, I'm sure something will be developing before the next game. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, you pretty much nailed it right on the head. We know who the who their bench scoring is. Uh, Blue and Montrez, I mean, are two of the best bench scorers in the NBA. And the fact that they're on the same team is definitely unfair. Um, and I said Jermichael Green. Uh, Jermichael Green, definitely a guy who, in my personal opinion, I think is going to uh, find his way um, into the starting lineup over Mo Harkless just because of they, pre- they present very similar defensive versatility. And I think Green is just going to give you a little bit uh, a little bit better rebounding rate as we saw tonight. So that can definitely be valuable. Um, but, yeah. That's yeah, I think Jermichael Green is – a underrated player. He's a veteran. He knows what he's out there to do. He will give you those um, production if he gets the minutes. So, yeah, definitely monitor that situation, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for the league tonight. Big slate. I think we covered it pretty well in 2020, rolling off the right way. Chris, tell the people at, uh, Tell people at Hootball and our amazing listeners where they can find you. Uh, if you have any questions out there, you can send it our way on Twitter. You'll find me at CmanUBC. CmanUBC. Fire those questions my way, and I'll be happy to, happy to answer you. How about you, David? Where can they find you? People can find me on Twitter at DFB underscore three. Hit me up with your questions and fantasy conundrums. I'm here to help, um, and I'll be up all night because I've been sipping on some sweet, sweet coffee. So there's never too late, never too early a time to get some fancy basketball analysis in. So holler at me. And on that note, we appreciate it to all of our incredible listeners. And the Hootball Army out there, thank you so much. Tune in to us next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.